0: Thanks for joining us online as we end a very difficult year for many of us, but I want to thank you on behalf of Brentwood Baptist for your partnership with us in reaching this community and literally because of the Internet around the world, we've been able to engage people this year. I realize I'm new and people are still getting to know me, but I came out of the business world into vocational ministry at the age of 38 and served as a senior pastor for about 18 years. Mike Glenn uh, had, has been a long time friend And this is a new role for me. It's a new role for the church. But my role at Brentwood Baptist is to synergize the ministries of the Brentwood region so that we can better live out our mission to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere, anytime, with anybody. And I'm grateful to be sharing with you today uh, and to be at, at Brentwood Baptist Church. I want to consider a story that appears Just after the Christmas story, and we can include it with the Christmas story. It's a great way to end the year. It's in the book of Luke. If you'd find a copy of God's Word or follow along on the screen, Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Listen to these words. Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was traveling um, in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, "'listening to them and asking them questions. "'And all those who heard him were astonished "'at his understanding and his answers. "'When his parents saw him, they were astonished. "'And his mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this? "'Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. "'Why were you searching for me?' he asked them. "'Didn't you know that it was necessary for me "'to be in my father's house?' But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for these words. And I pray that you would be our teacher even today And that lives would be changed as we are obedient to you because of this text. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of quick points before we unpack this text a little bit. This is an odd, rather, story to end the Christmas uh, season uh, that that is found in Luke uh, chapter two and then the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's almost tucked in there in in an odd kind of way. But Luke had told us at the beginning of Luke that he was going to write an orderly account. He had a purpose in placing this story here. Part of our discipleship journey is going to be to discover why it's here. Also, this culture was very different than our own culture. It wasn't unusual to hang out with extended family members. This was a very close-knit society. They were traveling in caravans. Men would often travel with men, women with women. Uh, the children would be playing together. Don't spend too much energy asking how Jesus got separated from his parents. That wasn't that unusual in that day, and it's not the meaning behind this story. But as we walk through this story, there are a few truths Jesus models for us that can help us in our attempt to be disciples, and I'll kind of point them out along the way. First, though, it says that every year, these these were faithful parents. They, they went every year as, as was the tradition. They were faithful to the Jewish traditions. They were faithful parents. You know, what kind of parents would we expect God to have chosen to raise his son? But it says, after three days, they found him sitting among the teachers Last time uh, Cheryl and I were in Israel, our guide took us to a temple and and to a little place in front of the the temple. and, And he said, this is one of the few places that we know for sure with reasonable certainty that Jesus actually stood on these steps. And it was in this outside, this temple in this very moment right here. It's important to understand what happened beginning at the age of 12 for a Jewish boy. At the age of 12, Jesus is is not yet obligated to attend the festivals uh, with his parents. That would come on his 13th birthday. But at the age of 12, a Jewish boy started to be discipled, started to be trained in their father's vocation. And of course, Joseph was a carpenter. So by custom, at the age of 12, Jesus should have been hanging out more with Joseph with a hammer in his hand. But of course, Jesus' real father was the creator of sunsets. His real father doesn't build furniture or houses. He builds mountains and oceans and stars. And so here, Jesus was very much beginning in his father's business. The people who heard Jesus were amazed at his his wisdom, but Mary and Joseph were apparently astonished at his lack of consideration for their feelings. Mary said, son, why have you treated us like this? This was a reminder how she must have felt when she discovered Jesus was missing. I read one commentary. It said, they must be both frightened and angry, alternating between please, dear God, and wait till I get my hands on him. The slow journey back to Jerusalem and the search in the city must have been sheer torture. And if you're a parent, you probably understand that range of emotions if ever a child goes missing. Here notice, though, Jesus spoke of my father. God was usually referred to as our father. Even by Jesus in the Lord's prayer, he, he says, our father who art in heaven... From the book, uh, uh, Sitting at the Feet of, of the Rabbi, the author writes, unlike our tendency to focus on our own individual needs, Jewish prayers tend to involve community prayer for the needs of the whole people. Even today, some prayers cannot be offered unless 10 adult male Jews are present to represent the people as a whole. The term, my father, was daring, almost unheard of in the day. Jesus said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It probably blew his parents' mind and all the onlookers as well. Yet the first words Jesus spoke in the gospel was a question. Jesus said, why are you searching for me? Jesus had to be in his father's house. It's almost as if Jesus was asking the question, didn't you know? You knew something was different about me. You, you knew from where I came. Uh, remember that whole virgin birth thing? You knew I was set apart as God's son from the very beginning. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? As we come to this passage in Luke, a transition was beginning in Jesus. In fact, an interesting parallel of submissions is happening here. Jesus would still need to submit to his earthly parents, and yet here he's beginning to submit to his heavenly Father. Much of what happens in the rest of the book of Luke will bridge upon this account. We we don't know a lot about Jesus' years, his life from the, this moment until he began his his earthly ministry, his public ministry, but a change was happening. Jesus was becoming a man, a man with a purpose, the purpose to be the Savior of the world. At the age of 12, he would be discipled in that role, as he would later say by a father. He later tells us he did only what the father told him to do. That's what a disciple does. And apparently Luke wanted us to have a front row seat at where the journey began. But something else happens in this story. Um, But Jesus teaches us this truth in this passage. God's authority always trumps the authority of man every single time. But again, something else is happening in this story. Some, Some scholars treat Jesus' words as a rebuke against his parents. But remember from the story, Jesus... Uh, quickly became submissive to his parents. He went with his parents. Jesus had to be in his father's house, but he was still a boy, very much under authority. And I think that's interesting because Jesus did not use his position in the Trinity as an excuse to rebel against his earthly parents. Just as he voluntarily came down from heaven and went to the cross, Jesus voluntarily submitted to his parents fulfilling the commandment to honor his father and mother. And in that, Jesus teaches us another important truth I'd love to point out to you, and that's that sometimes we have to exercise humility even over our own authority. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. You know, we live in a very individualistic society, We fight for our rights, our desires, our privilege. Submission to authority is not always the American way. But sometimes humbling ourselves to others, even when we don't have to, could be in a marriage, could be in a work situation or friendship, perhaps even in the church. You know, the style of music may not be for you, but maybe it's to reach someone else. You know, even the decisions, some of the decisions we've had to make during 2020 have not, it's caused people to fall on both sides of the issue. Sometimes we have to humble our own desires, even when we don't have to do so. The Apostle Paul writes that we should submit one to another, and that as believers, we should consider others' interests ahead of our own. But that's hard, isn't it? Yet it's the example of our Savior. Jesus obeyed even when he didn't have to. And we can learn from that. Another truth from this story I'd love to, to point out to us that Jesus teaches us here is that community is an important part of discipleship. Community is an important part of discipleship. The Jews learn by asking questions. The me- their method of teaching was to ask the student a question and then the student would answer and then the teacher would rephrase another question to see if the student was grasping what they were trying to teach them. When I pastored years ago in in Lexington, Kentucky, I made friends with a Jewish rabbi and as we would discuss the Old Testament, he would ask me a question about the text. And I knew he already knew the answer he was asking. He knew the text better than I did but he was forcing me to think through, to internalize it. Apparently, these Jewish teachers in the temple had been questioning Jesus, and they were amazed at his answers. In his humanity, Jesus was partially molded and shaped by those teachers in the temple. Of course, he would change some of their theology eventually, but they played a part in his story. And I think that's an interesting point about discipleship. We grow as people invest in us, and others grow as we invest in them. As a pastor, people in the pews have always made me a better pastor. I'd been a leader a long time when I left the business world to go into the vocational ministry world. I'd never been a pastor before, and I'm an introvert. And so after I would speak on a Sunday, I would kind of disappear from the crowd. One Monday, a godly older deacon came into my office. He said, Pastor, can I, can I challenge you somewhere? I said, sure. He, he said, you know, if, if when, after your sermon, if you'll go to the, the back of the room and shake people's hands on their way out, they'll be more likely to come back the next week. And he was so right. It became a signature of my ministry to try to meet everyone I could in the church. In fact, if you're here next time in public services, I would love to meet you as well. But people make us better. What does it take to increase in wisdom? Being around wiser people than you and learning from experience. I think scripture is meant to be analyzed in its context, but it's also meant to be analyzed in its application. And one application here is that Jesus models for us as much as any other passage. If you're going to be a disciple, then you'll need to be with others who help you grow and you'll need to grow. In 2021, how will you do as Jesus did and grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people? Do you have a plan for that? you have a plan to grow? In fact, could this coming year, 2021, could it be your year? Could this be your year to, to maybe join a group that we offer here and, or, or to find your, your place in mission? We like to say everybody in a group and everybody on mission could this be your year? Could this be your year to grow closer to the Lord? Could this be your year where you surrender everything or at least whatever you're holding on to, to the Lord? Could this be your year to go public with your faith? Maybe to your co-workers, your friends, your family, maybe even through believer's baptism. Could this be your year? Let me ask you two important questions about this concept of that we grow in relationship with others. First question is, who is investing in you? Maybe someone through one of our group's ministries, maybe through our men's or women's discipleship programs. You may not know this, but we, we send out a daily email devotional. If you're not signed up for them, maybe you should be. That'd be a way for you, some others to invest in you. Perhaps you need a mentor this year. Who is investing in you? And then the second question, in whom are you investing? In whom are you investing? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a grandchild. Perhaps you'll find a place to teach the next generation through one of our age-graded ministries. Maybe you'll find a place through one of our partner ministries. Or, Or maybe right in your own neighborhood or your workplace, There's someone who needs to know as much as you know today about following Jesus. Who, in whom are you investing? Jesus was learning, and they were learning from Jesus. Finally, one last truth from this story. And it would be the one I would want to leave you with as we finish out a very difficult year and begin a hopefully better year. In verse 45, there's a phrase I want to consider again. It says, when they did not find him, when they did not find Jesus. Of course, they did find him, thankfully. But for a time, they couldn't. Let me close with this thought. Imagine your 2020 if you couldn't find Jesus. Imagine 2021 or any other year. Imagine if there was no Jesus to cling to or rely on. Thankfully, they found Jesus, and I hope you have as well. I wouldn't want to face another day or another year without him. And if you've not found him yet, why not commit your heart to him right now? Simply tell him you believe or recommit to him right where you are right now. Say, 2021, Lord, I'm committing my life fully to you. And if you need help with that, simply text the word CONNECT to 623-623, and we'll reach out and help you. We want to walk with you for a better 2021. Let us begin a new year with a renewed focus on our still reigning king. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for... This story, and it's not—it's it, an odd little placement, and yet it's an important story. Help us to learn from our Savior through it, and make us more like you. And Lord, I pray for this church, and I pray for the people who are viewing this message. That Lord, you would guide us along the right paths into a new year. And that we would follow wherever you lead us, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching. God bless.